Welcome to the Lakeside Baptist Church Podcast. We pray you are blessed as you hear the Word of God today. For more information regarding Lakeside Baptist Church, please visit lakeside.asn.au. Well, welcome everyone. Uh, Once again, happy Father's Day to all the fathers and father figures out there. Uh, So glad you could be with us. Uh, My name is Brayden. I'm one of the pastors uh, here, and we've been making our way through a series uh, looking at Acts chapter 2 and looking at an excellent church or or a beautiful bride, uh, and that's been lots of fun so far. We're going to be continuing our way through that today. I'm going to get straight into the passage, uh, Then we're going uh, to look at the whole passage and then look at the specific verses that we're looking at today. Uh, this is what it says. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. Uh, all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying favour with all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Uh, In our passage today, we're going to be looking at Acts chapter 2, verse 46 to 47a. Uh, So every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying favour with all uh, the people. Uh, What we're going to be looking at today is specifically I want to think about these two kind of uh, gr- places where the church would meet in that early church. And so what, is it, what does a beautiful bride look like or what does an excellent church look like? Uh, well, first of all, uh, what was going on is they were meeting in the temple courts. So they were in Jerusalem, uh, which is the city where the temple was. Uh, and in uh, that, they were Jews. Uh, they, so early church was not this whole separate religion that was going on, but rather uh, it was actually an extension of, of Judaism where they believed that the Messiah had come. Uh, and so they were still going to the temple. Uh, if you're outside Jerusalem, you go to the synagogue and they were learning from uh, rabbis, learning from the apostles as we have been looking at throughout the series. Uh, and the focus today and the thing that I want to look at a little more closely, uh, because quite often like we like, you guys are all here, so you, got, you ticked the box for that first week. Great job. Uh, so glad that you could join us. Uh, but what happens as well is they break bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all people. And so not only were they meeting together uh, in this big venue, uh, learning from God's Word, uh, learning from teachers uh, and apostles and all sorts, uh, but also they met together in homes. They met together in homes. And and I think this is something that is probably less natural uh, and also more difficult and more hard and more discouraging and more frustrating. And and to be honest, I think it's something that we just don't do as much. Like Life groups aren't as well as attended as as a Sunday service is. Uh, Many of you are not involved in a small group. Uh, And and to be be honest, I I understand. Like it's, It's hard. It's confusing, it's frustrating, sometimes it's not super clear how it all fits together. Uh, it was a bit like, so when I was seven, um, I, was, I played soccer. 
played soccer that season, I was on the red team, um, and I was a goal scorer. I was up the front there, running around, chasing the ball everywhere, um, as all seven-year-olds do, we just flood the field and follow the ball around. It's pretty amazing. Uh, but anyways, I was a goal scorer. I remember one game, I scored five goals in one game. I was a champion goal scorer as a seven-year-old. Uh, but one, uh, one weekend, one Saturday, it was my turn to go goalie. Uh, and I was not built to be a goalie. I was not as coordinated with the hands, uh, legs. I could run around, no worries, but hands, not so much. Uh, and I did not want to go goalie. I didn't understand it. It was frustrating. It annoyed me. Uh, I let a goal in and I cried. Um, and so I was standing out there with my, my little red long sleeve shirt on and my little gloves. Not sure what good they did because I didn't touch the ball. But uh, I, I was standing there crying on the pitch. And, and do you know what? I, n I never wanted to play soccer ever again. I gave it up. Hated the sport for like re remainder of my childhood. Didn't want anything to do with soccer. I hated soccer because one day I had to go goalie. It was confusing. It was frustrating. And I wanted nothing to do with it ever again. Horrible. Because one day I had to go goalie and I didn't understand. And I think sometimes, uh, we, we, when it comes to meeting in homes and, and doing the kind of the Christian part of life in homes, it's confusing, it's frustrating, we're not really sure what we're supposed to be doing, who's running the devotion, whose house are we going to, sometimes people are a bit awkward, all those kind of different things, and we're just like, oh, it's too hard, I don't want anything to do with it because it's just easier to run around in the forward line and kick lots of goals because that's what we're good at. But not too long ago... We, we saw the, the FIFA Women's World Cup, uh, and there was a lady uh, who was quite a good goalie. Uh, her name was Mackenzie. Uh, she, she saved a lot of goals. She, she kept us going. She kept our spirits alive. Uh, they were calling her the Minister of Defence um, because she was saving so many goals. Uh, and she did a great job. And, and in that, we saw the value of a great goalkeeper. We saw how amazing it was, how useful it was, all the amazing things that she was doing because we had an amazing goalkeeper on our team saving goals, keeping us alive and keeping us patriotic to our nation. And, and my hope today is that as we look at how this early church functions, as we look at this, this excellent church, this beautiful bride, I hope that we can maybe change some of our frustrations and our confusion, um, the time that we went to a, a Bible study or a life group or what have you, a home group. How many names are there? There's so many. Um, but anyways, we went there. It was frustrating, confusing, or it didn't seem important, uh, but rather to see, uh, just like the Matilda's goalkeeper, Mackenzie, uh, how important that is and how great it is when we have a really good goalkeeper. Because when we have healthy groups in the home meeting together, doing what the early church does, doing what all churches should do and are called to do, uh, we can have a really, really cool church. We can have a really healthy church. We can grow and do amazing things and see amazing things happen when we meet together in the home, not just at the temple or at church, um, when we come and listen uh, to an amazing worship team uh, preach and, and all those kind of fun things, have a good cup of coffee. But it says there, they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of, of all the people. Uh, and so I want to try and break it down and make it a little bit simple, uh, kind of simpler than, uh, so we can kind of understand what does it mean to be in a life group or a home group or a Bible study um, discussion group, uh, all those different things. Uh, what does it mean to actually be in one and how do we do it? What are the things that we value? What are the things that we care about? What are the things that we discuss? And all those different kinds of things. What do we do in those groups? How do we make it tangible, achievable? Uh, and how do we make it a little less intimidating uh, so we're not a seven-year-old goalkeeper on the red team crying uh, in the middle of a field, never wanting to play soccer ever again? Uh, and so three things I want to look at. Uh, first one is um, a commitment to community. 
And so clearly there we see uh, they are in, in uh, verse 46, they, they eat together. They're in homes eating food together. It's unstructured time, which if you like me uh, and you like a lot of structure, you like order, uh, you like a task list and all those different things, uh, there's some unstructured time. Horrible. Uh, no, it was actually really, really good. And if you see the way that we're created, we're actually called to be in community with each other. Genesis 2. God creates Adam and Eve. They don't have this big task list that every day is filled and every minute is accounted for, but rather they're in community with each other and in community with God. God rests. It's un- unstructured time of, of doing things that aren't necessarily, all right, read the Bible, then we pray, then we have our prayer points, or we do that pray before we pray. Uh, and then we, you know, we have this devotional and then we have our questions and our homework. It's not like there is community and unstructured time where we do life together. When we, when we look to the life of Jesus, there's times where he does life and community. He eats meals with people rather than just this massive long, like Jesus wasn't this like 80-hour-a-week kind of guy that was just doing task lists like some sort of robot, but rather he did community with people. He, he ate meals with his disciples. He had time being friends with his disciples. And, and, and not only that, but he also had unstructured community meal time with people who weren't Christian or weren't Jews or, or weren't people that had a relationship with God. He, he invited them in and had meals with them and, and did life with them and brought them in. And, and I think one of the key things about community is, is, is for those of you who, who work and all those different kind of things, when, when all you do is, is do like tasks, uh, all you are is colleagues so you can go to a job every day and work with someone every day and just do your job, and, and you'll never really be friends. Until, until you actually start kind of doing things together and having time together, having those little offhanded conversations, uh, having, you know, sitting in the lunchroom together and, and kind of chatting and talking about your life and all that kind of stuff, if all you're doing is just doing your job and going home, like you're just colleagues... And unless we as a church, as a community, can have time together where we become friends and become a body of Christ, we we can't be a community of believers that love each other and care for each other and care for other people. We are called to be a community, a group of people that love each other and care for one another, a, a group of people that spend time with each other and dwell with each other, a group of people that dwell with God and sit in his presence without having a task to do. Because if we just complete tasks, we're just colleagues. And so we are called to be committed to community. Uh, the second one uh, is that we are called to care uh, and, and, and not only care for each other, but we're called to care in spiritual practices. Uh, in, in that Acts 2 passage, uh, not only are they eating together, but they're also praising God. If you look at Acts, uh, if you go back to verse 42, it says they devoted themselves to apostle teaching and to fellowship, the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Uh, if you look at uh, end of Acts chapter 1, it talks about how when they get together, they're, they're praying in this room together, they're gathering together and praying. Um, and all throughout the Bible, Acts chapter 4, uh, and, and as it goes on, they are a group of people that are committed to encouraging one another. They're committed to growing one another, helping one another. Uh, Hebrews 10, 24, 25, let us spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Encouraging one another all the more as we see the day approaching, caring and loving one another so that we can have a relationship with God. We, We should be committed to caring for one another, helping one another in their relationship with God. 
That's what we are called to do. Uh, it, and I, I think the other, th- like when we talk about that and think about that, um, if, if we don't have a good relationship with God, we can't call others to a relationship with God. Right? If, if our relationship with God is just this path, like we just come to church on Sunday, we do this, we do that, go through the motions, we say grace before dinner time, if that's all our relationship with God is, we can't call people to a relationship with God. We just can't. And so there is no more effective way than for us to come together as a group of Christians and encourage one another in our relationship with God, help one another in our relationship with God. There's people in our community that are really good at prayer. They do it really well. There's people in our community that are really good at evangelism and sharing the message of Jesus with people. And we want to do those things because we're called to that. And so when we do life together, when we do community together, when we meet together in a home and say, hey, my, my prayer life isn't that great, can you help me? There's people there that can help you. There's people that can point you to resources that can help you. There's people, when we get together in a house, we can care for one another, we can set goals, we can, we can think about how we can do things better in that group. In ways that there's no way that you can do by just listening to me. Like I can, I can tell you to do everything better, and you just get like you just go home and be like, oh, there's more to do, just more, more jobs. Oh, like Braden said, you got to read the Bible again, you got to pray, you got to be talking to people about Jesus, all these kind of things. Unbelievable. Um, how dare? Doesn't he know how busy my life is and all the different things and how difficult it is? But really, like when you're like I, I can only do so much. But when you're in a group of people with a group of friends that are encouraging you, what with like and you think, okay, like as a group, we just want to be a little bit better at prayer. We just want to be a little bit better at kind of thinking about how do we worship God or how do we, how do we share the message of Jesus in our workplaces or, or how do we do parenting uh, through, the, like how do we teach our kids about Jesus? Just getting together with a group of people that are going to care for you and love you and can, and can go on that journey with you rather than you just listening to me telling you to be better at all the things that you're supposed to be doing. That group can love you and care for you as you seek to have a better relationship with God and and can go on that journey with you in a way that I cannot. And so we are called to be committed to care in those homes and committed to spiritual practices in those homes. Uh, The third thing is that we are are called to be committed to know Christ's word. And so we see that they do that in the temple. If they're going to the temple, they're listening to rabbis, they're listening to apostles, they're learning more about who God is. And and all those things are the compass for for what we're doing. Like It's the compass for how we care for people. The the Bible points to how how we care for one another in this church. It's, it's the compass for, for how we are to go out and, and share the message of Jesus. It is the message of Jesus. If we know God's word, we can clearly articulate what it is that Jesus did for us. What it is that, people, that we want people to know. If we know who Jesus is, if we know what the scriptures talk about, then we can share it with other people. We can share it with our children. We can share it with our colleagues. But not only that, we can, we can refine the way that we do our spiritual practices. Because if you think about it, like if, if we don't know that, like this is one, like this is the catch twenty two I always find. Like, does anyone find reading the Bible scary? Like they just like, like they open up and like, oh, don't understand that. Close it. Like, 
Like, does anyone ever find that? Like, you, like, have you, like, we, we've been reading through the prophets uh, in our Bible study, and sometimes we open it, and it's like, ooh, not sure if that one was appropriate. Uh, but, like, it's all this wrath and doom and gloom, and all these different things are going on, and, like, you know, woe to these people, and how God's going to smite these people, um, and then all these crazy things are going on. Uh, and, and so you, sometimes it's like, oh, Let's just go back to Jeremiah 29.11. That looks pretty encouraging. All right, off we go. Uh, no, but like what we, we are called to know God's word and understand God's word. And when we come together with a group of people uh, and learn how to read God's word, then when we open it, we'll be like, oh, actually, uh, I know a little bit about the Assyrian war that was happening in the background there. That's why um, this is happening. And, or so, or, you know, not you have to know, be experts on the Assyrian war. But like there's all these different things where we can understand things that are happening in the Bible. We can, un- we can learn together about what's happening, how do we understand God's word, how do we read the different things that are going on, what does it mean when it's talking about this in the prophets, what does it mean when, when Genesis is talking about all these old people, and, and as we, seek, as we like learn and understand what all this stuff means, like reading the Bible is a little bit easier, because when we read it, like, oh, like, I remember like, this contextual thing that kind of helps me to understand what's going on in Acts chapter 2. And so having a group of people that can come around you and help you to, to do that in a smaller group it is really, really helpful. And let's be honest, you're going to walk out of here today, you're going to go home and probably forget about most of the things that I said, because cause like, like even studies show like listening to someone speak is the, the, less, like the least effective way of learning. Like, this is the least effective, like, it's important, and I think it's really cool that we get to do this and, and read from God's Word, but like, pa- like passive listening is, is not an effective way to learn. And so if all you're doing is once a week, uh, once every second week, listening to someone speak, it's not the most effective way to learn God's word and to know God's word. And so when you're having to kind of read the Bible and be like, oh, I think this means this, you're learning. When you're asking someone a question and interacting with someone, like you're learning God's word on a, on a way that far more than what you could learn from me preaching to you. And we want to know God's word. It's the compass for, for what we do and who we are. And so we, we, we want to be people that know God's word more than just what we get from, from Sunday school or a Sunday morning sermon. We want to be active learners. We want to be people that understand the Bible. We want to be able to share the Bible with other people. We want to be able to have the confidence to sit down and say, hey, like, let's read the Bible together. I know exactly where we can start. I kind of understand this book. It sort of makes sense to me. We can ask some questions if we want, and that's okay. Because once a fortnight or once a week we sit down and we read God's word and we think about it and we're active participators in doing it. So we want to be committed to, to know Christ, committed to, to Christ's word. So those are our three things. We want to be committed to community, we want to be committed to care and practice and we want to be committed to Christ's word. And when we meet together in homes, we want to be committed to those three things. Those are the three, if we want to simple it down, and, like, and this is no means, like, this is not like Lakeside's model or anything like that. It's not like the way that the early church did it because we're doing it the right way or anything like that. This is just like three things that you can kind of, like three buckets that you can have if you're at home meeting together and you're not really sure what you're doing. You can say, okay, let's just think about three buckets that we want to try and somewhat fill. Uh, how are we doing that? That's, what, that's just, a, just a simple way that we can go and meet. If you want to grab a group of people and meet together at home, think about these three buckets. Now, one of the fun things about these three buckets is you can't do all three of them perfectly on a one night. 
And if you've been in a life group, you would have noticed that. And like different people will focus on different things and care about different things more. So for me, uh, when, when I run a Bible study, I'm like, let's, let's get into the Bible, everyone. Like, no, no need to like, we're not gonna, we're gonna talk about life. We're not gonna, we're gonna talk about our feelings. Uh, we're just gonna sit down. We're gonna open the Bible. We're gonna get really technical, and then I'm gonna kick you out, and you're gonna go home. Um, like that. Like I'm a, I'm a task person. Like I want to learn the Bible, and that's the thing that I will kind of focus on. And if you're a community person, that sounds like a nightmare. Uh, it sounds absolutely horrible. If you're a community person, you're like, let's have a meal. We're gonna have like hour and a half of unstructured time, maybe like half an hour of spontaneous worship. We're gonna talk about our problems and just wear our hearts and our sleeves for the next hour. It's 11:30. We're gonna keep going. Going. We're going to do prayer. We're going to keep going. Anyone got any prayer points? All right, let's talk about our families. We're going to just lay, like, I'm going to spend like three hours talking about all the problems that I had with my parents growing up and how that formed me. Uh, and then like, it just goes on and on. Like all of a sudden it's like two o'clock in the morning. I'm just like, all right, time for devotions. I've got a Bible passage to read. Let's pray. Let's go home. He's like, what are you talking, like, where's like, like, but if you're not a structured person, like that's like Perfect. That's the perfect life group. We're just going to do a quick devotion, and then the rest of it's going to be unstructured, community, doing life together, talking about how we do things, relationship, all that kind of stuff. And if you're a task person, that sounds like an absolute nightmare. Like, just like doing, like, past nine o'clock, like, no, no, like, no thank you. Um, all that, you know, like, that's, like, and so for different people, what a life group looks like, uh, generally, like, you'll focus on one of those things, and generally, there'll be people in your life group that will be infuriated because you, as a life group leader or, or a small group leader, really care about these things, and you care about these things, and it's just, like, it's chaos. Absolute chaos, because you care about think this thing, they care about this thing. You can't do all three perfectly on one night of the week. You just can't unless you're like a superhuman group of like disciples um, who are reincarnated. Like it's just, it's really hard to do all three things perfectly. You can't do all of them really well. And, and our strengths and, our, and the way that we're built, we will favor one of those or two of those three things. And, and I believe you, you can do two of them really, really well. Like you can do two of them really, really well. And then you can kind of have a little bit of a third one um, and, and you can't, like, that, that does work, right? You can, you can do, like, a Bible study, like, and then do, like, a dinner as well, and then, like, you've done two. You might do, like, some quick prayer points at the end, and your care's probably not, like, super, super flash hot, but you can do two of them really well. Or, or you might, like, you might do the community and the care really well. Like, you, you, you've done, you know, it's five hours, unstructured, uh, time, time isn't prioritised, and we're not strictly keeping to the clock, but, like, you can do those two really well. And so my, one of my encouragements, if, if you're really scared about coming to a Bible study because uh, the person running the Bible study is going to favour you know, this one and that sounds crazy, um, or, or you, you know, you're like, you're like, like it's just better having like a task to do because you, you, know, you feel really awkward and you don't like talking to people, uh, whatever it is, having the discussion about those three buckets is really helpful. So like thinking about, okay, as a group, what are the two things that we're focusing on? What are, the, what are the two things that we want to do really well? And then, how do we supplement the third thing? Because the third thing is still important. Even though sometimes like, I, I, I just want to be a closed book and not talk to anyone about my feelings and bury them deep down until they make diamonds. Uh, but in, instead, like, I actually need to find some way to supplement that rather than just not doing it at all. 
Like I need to be better at that and grow that part of me. Like it's an important part of, of growing closer to God and dealing with problems, dealing with my sin rather than burying it deep down. Like we're called to do that. And for those of you who just love community and caring for each other, like, like we still need to learn our Bible because that is our compass. Like we still need to learn it. We still need to understand it. Like it's not enough just to have a short Bible verse that kind of just tags on the end of a Bible study. We still need to be friends with each other. Like, like we do. Like we have to actually get along. Funnily enough, churches that don't get along don't seem to do so well. We have to do community. We have to prioritize all three of these things. And so one of the, the, the things that I, I want to give you, and so once again, like this is just like trying to make you not be a seven-year-old soccer goalie crying on the field, but rather seeing the Matilda's goalkeeper and saying, man, this is so valuable. Like be in a life group. It's really, really helpful because it helps us to do two of these things really well, but find a way to supplement the third thing so you're not frustrated that you're missing out on something that is incredibly important and valuable. Um, one of the ways that we can do that is, is so we're, we're, we're actually really blessed at Lakeside because we have people like Peter, um, who's been studying for like 85 years of the Bible. Um, he knows, knows it all, has it all memorized, Greek, Hebrew, back to front. Um, and, and so in, in turn four, we're running Monday night, like a, a Bible kind of study time where we're learning, we're, we're going to be spending some time going through the Bible, learning how to read our Bibles. And, and so... What you can do is, you, like, if you want to run a life group, you can fill up the, the community and the care and practice bucket and supplement it by coming and listening to Peter teach. You come together as a life group and go and sit under his teaching, learn how to read the Bible, learn and understand it more, and focus more on, on you know, come together, have a, a meal or a cup of tea together, have unstructured time, God forbid, um, and, and, and spend that time together becoming friends, knowing each other more being not just task-orientated colleagues with a mission um, of doing exactly um, whatever it is that I was told to do, uh, but like spend that time together and spend some time thinking about how can we do our relationships with God better. Hey, let's talk about our prayer lives. Let's set some goals for our prayer lives and come back together next week or next fortnight and see how we win. Let's spend some time thinking about um, like how do I teach my kids about the gospel? Like, how do, I t- how do I share Jesus with my children or how do I share Jesus with my colleagues at work? How can I be better at explaining the gospel to these people? Because every time I get in a conversation, I, I, like, I just get scared and, and wet my pants. Or whatever it is that you do, like, like set some goals, like come together and care for each other. What are, hey, what sin are you struggling with? Like, what are, how can I help you and support you in this way? And let's come back next week and see how we went. And, and then, like, like, we still want some aspect of, of Christ in our life groups. So I'll give you, like, the simplest way to do, like, a life group study um, is read the passage from Sunday's sermon um, because, once again, like, we're, like, passive, passive listening, not the most effective way of learning. And if you read it again, good, better chance of remembering what it was talked, to, what was talked about. And then talk about what you learnt in the sermon or what you, what you picked up from the sermon and also how you want to apply it. 
If you do that in a life group, like you've, you've opened up God's word, you've, you've, like you've remembered something that was speak, spoken about earlier that week, which helps you to solidify it and remember it, uh, but also it, it gives you like a really simple way of doing Christ and learning the Bible in your life group and then supplement your life group by going and listening to Peter. There's also heaps of other things like online. There's really great resources. If you want any, we can point you in the right direction. Um, Trinity, one of the local Bible colleges, runs run something called Trinity at Night where they do like really, really good Bible teaching as well. And so there's plenty of resources that you can supplement that. Uh, But do two things really, really well. When you, when you do, when you meet in, home, in your home with, with your Christian friends, do two things really, really well. Um, do, it, do the other thing a little bit and then supplement it really well with something else. And, and so if you're in a life group, think about like, what are the, what are, what, like how do your buckets look? Like what are, you, what are you focusing on? What are the things that you're prioritizing? What are the, what are the things that you feel like you're, you're missing out on and how can you supplement that? Or maybe you might sit down and think, hey, like we... We've been focusing on this for the last 30 years and we've never actually, like, I don't even know what your kids' names are. Like, you know, like, we, you know, you might, you, so you're like, we've been reading the Bible together and I don't, I don't even know you. And so you might think, hey, like, maybe we need to, like, focus on this a little bit more so that we can actually fill up this bucket that's been neglected for a long time. And so have that discussion in your life groups because, like, once again, I... My hope is that we don't become frustrated with this idea of what we're called to do and who we're called to be. Like, being a seven-year-old soccer goalie crying was, was not my finest moment and it was not good for my, my street cred as a seven-year-old. Uh, it took years to win it back. Um, but, like, I, I hope that you would be confident to be able to meet together in a home and say, hey, we're going to do these two things really well. There's some really easy stuff that we can do to it in order to achieve that. Um, and, and, and so here's the thing, if, if you're listening and you're like, oh, life groups aren't for me, um, this has been a waste of time, I would really encourage you to be in a life group of some capacity. Like, I really want to encourage, like, this is who we are called to be. Like, Acts, Acts 2, 46, 47, it talks about the meeting in homes. It happens consistently throughout the, the, the New Testament. We are called to be a community that doesn't just meet on a Sunday morning. And when we see this church acting in the way that it's, and it's called to be, it grows, it becomes healthy, more than what any other leader can do, more than what any other like, kind of system can do, more than anything in the world. If we, if we can commit to, to being called to who we are meant to be, learning about how do we come closer together, how do we draw closer in relationships and community, how do we care for one another, grow closer to God and know God's word, we will become a healthier church, a church that will grow and bring glory to God. And so I would encourage you, if you're not part of a life group, I, I know you're busy, I know there's so many things that are going on, but I would, like, once a fortnight, just get together with a group of Christians in a home and just do two of the buckets really well. Just do two of the buckets really, really well. Care for one another or, or spend some time reading God's Word or just have a cup of tea together and just chit-chat. Just do two of them really, really well. And, and, and I hope that in the same way that when we saw that Matilda's goalkeeper save a whole bunch of penalties and, and get us much further than probably we anticipated, I hope that you would see the value in that far more than the other things that keep us busy.
see the value in, in what that life group brings and how that brings glory to God, how that brings out your relationship with God, how that encourages the others in our community and draws us closer to him. Because that's who we're called to be and that's what we want to do. Um, once again, if, if, you, if you're not sure where to go, I would really encourage you to do care and community really well and go and listen to Peter. Great resource to have. We're really blessed to have him and we're really looking forward to that. Um, we're we're going to head into a time of communion, um, which is actually really convenient because we, like, we kind of do all three um, with this. This is a time when we come together as a community to, to reflect on the message of Jesus. This is a time when, when we, we come together and think about what it is that brings us together. We, we're brought together by the message of Jesus. We do meetings in churches and meetings at home because of the message of Jesus, because of the blood and the body of Jesus. Jesus died on the cross for our sins so that we could be in a relationship with God. Because of the blood of Jesus, we want to draw close to him because nothing is more safe than our Father who loves us and cares for us. When we, when we do communion together, it's a story of the Bible. It's the story of Jesus washing away our sins with his blood. As we look at, as we look at the grape juice, we, we think about how our sin is washed away. As, you, as we look at the, the bread or the cracker, we, we see how his body was broken instead of ours. How Jesus took the punishment for our sins. We do it all together as a community. I'm going to give you a little bit of time just for some reflection, just to think about what that means. What it means that we're all here together, preaching the same message as we drink and eat this. What it means to draw closer to God because of what he has done for us but also the message that Christ has given us through the body and blood he has.